please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We are going to be looking at the second half of verse 1. And no, it won't take eight weeks. I thought it was nine. I'm sorry I said that before, but it actually took us eight weeks to get through it, which is still a long time. But still, we're looking for revelation. We're not, we're not looking just for knowledge. Amen? You know, people are looking for a new thing here and a new thing there. You know, what that does is stimulate your mind. What it does is stimulate your thinking and your imagination. But it's the word in your heart that moves mountains. Do you understand? And I think sometimes it's better to hear, you know, instead of hearing 20 different messages, it's probably good to hear one message that ministers to you 20 times. Listen, and let that get into your heart and produce the power that it needs to in order for that mountain to move. Having said all of that, let's read in 1 John chapter 3. What I might do, in fact, is let me begin in the first part of verse 1. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. And he goes on to say, now he says, Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Now, let me read some statements and then I'll preach, okay? <laughs> Give me a moment. First of all, to clarify what the Apostle John means when he uses the term the world, Colin G. Cruz writes, here is here, as in a number of other places, it denotes the unbelieving world, people who are opposed to God and to those who believe in his son. Now, I'm going to explain that to you because that was one of the things that I was praying about. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Not just the fact that they are opposed to God and to you. Why are they opposed to God? Why are they opposed to you? What do you represent that they oppose? I believe understanding is the place where everything begins. If you understand, then you can minister to something and to someone. Amen? If you don't understand and you just have a prejudice and because the preacher said, well, there's people like that. If you see them, just cross the street and just don't talk to them. Well, that's not going to do anything. Especially if you're meant to be reconciling the world. Amen? Because the whole point was God doesn't hold anything against us anymore. People don't know that, and we're meant to be ambassadors of that peace, that good news. Amen? Let me continue. He says, such worldly people are under the power of the evil one. It is this unbelieving world which does not know us, and it did not know him either. Now, that's what's brought out in a little bit more detail in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, where the Apostle Paul writes, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, he says, Satan, the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't, or more accurately, refuse to believe. See, it's, that, it's not that they just don't believe. This isn't talking about somebody that just happened not to believe. This is somebody that decides not to believe. Do you understand? Because if you read this, you know, in a, in a different way, then you might think, oh, well, a poor sinner, you know what I mean? They're blinded and, and God just holds everything back from them and doesn't do nothing. No, no, no. God is constantly ministering to people. God is constantly sending people across their path, you know, to try and get them saved. People across people, you know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> okay, I think I've got the people mixed up there. Anyway, you know, God is constantly trying to bring people back to him. Do you know why? Because they belong to him to begin with. None of those people, nobody belongs to the devil. Do you hear me? He didn't create anything. He is the thief that comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. 
That's what he does. He wants to steal people away from God and then kill and destroy them in any way possible. Kill their dreams, destroy their lives. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Amen? And the sad thing is that people want that. So, and why? <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> why is it that they are blind? Why do they want to be blind? The reason for this is that I believe people are generally too busy worrying about eating, drinking, clothing, and making money through their chosen career, <laughs> to have time for religion. You know, that's how they look at God. You know, they, they, they translate God to, you know, to mean religion. You go, oh, that person, that person went and got religion. Oh, did they? What a shame. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a thing. And then they just see that person being ripped off by the church and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, yeah, okay, there's a truth to that. There are some churches out there that are bad, 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 okay? That's all they do. They rip you off. They, they condemn you all, all week long. You don't get anything good. And, you know, if that's all there is, don't go to church. Go on YouTube and type up. <laughs> we, got, we got 150 messages on there, man. There's something in there for you. All right. <laughs> I know it's that many now. Actually, it's more. But anyway. But the thing is that, listen, th that is true to a point out there. Because, and, and shame on the people that are doing that. Okay, but that isn't the truth. And the sad thing is, is people see that, then they say everything is like that, because that's what the devil does, he just lies. See, it's the same devil that makes those people, those religious people, those, you know, churches do the things they do. By the way, you know it's go not God, right? Can we get an amen to that one? Okay, thank you. All right, see, he plays both ends. He says, see, look how hypocritical they are, because he's the one that made them that way. That's why I don't listen to the devil. Okay, and then he says, see, you don't want to go there. Hello? And so he works it both ways. And we, okay, and we need to know that in order to be able to pray about that and stay away from that. Amen? Amen. And know how to defend against that too, you know. Don't be, don't feel bad to say, I hate religion too. We say, are you one of those religious people? You go, oh, God, oh, no. <laughs> Why? Do I look religious? <laughs> okay. what, what is it? I can go change. What's wrong? <laughs> Hello. I, I'm just saying, man. I know some days people need to know that that's something you're not into either. I'm into God. I'm not into religion. I'm into his word, but I'm not into religion. Amen? Are you all with me? Okay. All right. So, you know, let's have a look at some of these things. We've looked at these verses over and over again, but let me just bring this verse to you now from a different standpoint. Remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. We know this verse, but it describes what people outside of God seek. Can I get amen on this? Okay. So he says here, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. You understand, in order to seek something, you need to make an effort. That's why, you know, Jesus is going to say, seek instead first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Remember that? Seek means you need to put, make an effort, which means that all of these people are making an effort to go after these things. Are you all here? And, you know, before you start thinking about, oh, well, you know, brother, that's people out there that are just, you know, needing some clothing to keep them warm so they don't drop dead at night or, you know, out of cold or whatever, and they just need a bit of food. This is not a, just a third world problem. This is a first world problem as well. 
Today, the way we look at this, and can I bring it into the, the first world here? You know, what's the latest fashion? You know, what food is there out there? Or wine, you know, <laughs> drink, remember drink? Okay, you know, that, that's $1,000 a bottle. I mean, how much money do you want to pour down your mouth? Amen. You know, but, but the thing is, it's all status, you understand. You know, I'm, I'm driving, you know, this Lamborghini, and I have, uh, you know, a six-story house, you know, and I have six swimming pools, and, you know, I have, oh, it's all about the, what we have, and, and, and look at my clothes. I mean, a pair of pants, you know, it's 600 bucks. And somebody says, what, does it come with the TV or something? No, they're the pants, you just wear them? Yeah, that's all you do, wear them. We, we begin to understand and, and I, I want you to see why people are so different, why they don't understand us, why the Apostle John says they don't understand you, they don't understand Jesus, they don't want you, they don't want him. The reason is because you are getting in the way of what they want. They want to go after these things. It is about status. It is about, you know, looking better than everybody else. You know, not just keeping up with the Joneses, being better than them. Jones who, you know? That fellow, that, okay, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, amen. And I, I think it's you know, Jesus put it best in Matthew chapter six and verse twenty-four, when he said, "No one can serve two masters," and this becomes the key thing. He says, either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's there. there that's the reason why these people don't understand us. And don't want God. Because they, are, they can't serve God and money. You've got to choose one or the other. Amen? And so they've made their choices. And in making their choices now, that, that's what causes this rift to come between them and God. And therefore, between them and you. Let's continue. <clears throat> and while it might seem like success, according to Jesus, this kind of life isn't. Let's go to Luke chapter 12 next, please. Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to be reading from verses 16 through 21. Then he, that is Jesus, spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Every time you see a certain rich man, he is talking about a certain rich man. Okay? Somebody, you know, there are some people out there that will insist that this is just a made-up thing. But there are times when Jesus will say, when he uses those words, a certain rich man or a certain something or another, he is talking about a certain person. Okay, and whether you want to believe that in your, you know, theology or not, that doesn't matter. It's still, you know, just like you don't want to believe the sun's going to rise tomorrow, it will. Sit and watch, it'll come up. Okay, It's one of those things. This is a fact. So I need you to understand this because this is talking about a real person. Not some fictitious person. Okay. So it says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? Isn't this interesting? I've, can, I, can I translate a little bit? I've got so much money, I don't know which bank account to put it in. <laughs> Hello. Let's go from crops to money for a minute, shall we? No, brother. Go back to crops. I'm happy with crops. Okay. Anyway. Whatever it is, all right? You need to apply this in whatever area of your life, okay? Because there is something here. What should have been uh, the statement he should have made? You know, I've got more than enough for myself. I wonder who, can, who I can share this with. 
Are you all with me? Okay, so that's what we're not seeing here. All right, let's move on. So he says in verse 18, so he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. I want you to notice the wastage here. He's, in order for him to store up all of this stuff, he has to, he ha he's got to actually spend money to pull something down and spend money to build something bigger. Are you seeing this? Can you see the waste here? Okay, all right. And he says here, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. Notice crops and goods. Verse 19, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You don't need religion. I added that, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I guess I want you to see something here. Because that's what happens. You know, these are the people that we deal with a lot of times, especially enough in this, in this side of the world, okay? You know, they've got just so much, and they just don't want to know about this stuff. They don't realize how <laughs> fleeting this life is. They don't realize that we are only here for a very short time compared to eternity, are you all here? Amen. And that we only have so long to do what we have been called, designed, and destined to do. Now, I'm saying that for this reason. Not everybody is meant to go feed the poor. I don't want you to go on a guilt trip today, okay? <laughs> all right? You know, some of you are designed to make money so that you can go fund the people that want to go feed the poor. Are you all here? And so, you, you need to know that relationship. That whatever you give, whoever gets fed with that money, gets blessed. Now, you might say, yeah, but what about if the guy goes off to the pub, you know, <laughs> you know with my money? No, no, no. What, what you planned it happening is what you get rewarded for. What he did with it was his part and his commission, his responsibility that he believed for this. He got it. Now what he does with it becomes something between him and God. So you get blessed for whatever it was meant to do you need to get this revelation okay and that person will be blessed for what he actually did with it yeah. amen you know there are people in hell today because they took your money and they went to the race course or whatever do you know that do you know that because they stole from god are you all, are you all with me see we think all oh, that person to get fed no 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 they stole from god that's why Malachi talks about it in such a, you know, a serious way. Now, I don't want to go there today, but this is what happens a lot of times in society and why they don't want to know God. I'm talking about they don't know you and they don't want to know him. I want you to understand why they don't know you. See, you talk about, I love to go to church and, you know, I give and do, and they go, what's wrong with you? Come on, girl, get with it. Hang on to your money. Let's go, let's go succeed. And you know what? You probably will. But let's see what happens next. And so, <laughs> verse 20. But God said to him, fool. That's, there we go. Okay, he didn't say, oh, you wise person. He says, fool. When God calls you a fool, you're in big trouble. You know, because he didn't like to confess bad things over you. But gee whiz. <laughs> Some people just put that, just go there, man. <laughs> okay? and it's, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Notice the uncertainty of life. We think 
We're going to, you know, we're going to work really hard. We're going to stay away from church because they take our money. So we want to get as much money as we And then when we get to a certain place where we have lots and lots of money, then when we're ready to retire, then we'll give to the church and we'll do all those things. What happens if you die just before then? You made your last million. And you go, woo and you drop dead. Because you were so excited, your heart gave up. <laughs> Let's continue reading. This night your soul will be required of you. Then, whose will those things be which you provided? Who's got, somebody else going to get this stuff? Yes, when you made that last million and you thought you were done, you died. Somebody else came and took all the stuff that you said you're putting away so that one day you can just have that retired kind of life. And, and you died. Hello. Okay. Verse 21, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Are you all here? See, those are the people that you are dealing with. Those are the people that don't know you. You need to understand why. I want to take it one step further. Is that okay? I want to go to Luke chapter 16. Since we're in Luke, let's continue on to Luke chapter 16. People that decide there is nothing after this life because of their obsession with the accumulation, of, the accumulation of wealth. That's, by the way, called covetousness in the Bible. Okay. Which we are constantly warned against. Don't want to know Christ. And by extension, don't want to know us either. Although their life may be plentiful, their end is misery and torment. Luke chapter 16. I'm beginning in verse 19. Jesus is speaking here and he says, there was a certain rich man. Notice a certain rich man. So we're back to a certain rich man again. Please understand, not everybody rich goes to hell. These are certain cases. Okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> because otherwise, it shouldn't say that the blessing of the Lord make, will make you rich. The blessing doesn't send you to hell. Amen? It's people's bad decisions send them there. Amen. Okay. Now, so it says here, Luke 16, 19, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine. See, this guy did it. He, he got his stuff to wear. Remember I told you, it's not just about having enough clothes to keep you warm at night, and, you know, okay? It's about this as well. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? You get it? So it says here, was, who was clothed in purple and fine linen and f uh, fared sumptuously every day. He ate well, okay? But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of swords, who was laid at his gate. There was a need there that he could have ministered to, in other words. Okay. Verse 21. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. That's kind of medicinal, by the way. It may seem gross to you. But anyway, verse 22. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Interesting, isn't it? The poor man was died and was carried to Abraham's bosom. The rich guy just died. I want you to see something. They both died, but they, their life didn't end. Whatever the rich guy thought, you know what? We're here for a little while. We get to use all this stuff. And then when you're dead, you're dead. You know, you take a dirt nap. It's black. You're food for the worms. That's it, man. There ain't nothing after this. Keep reading. Okay, <laughs> verse 23, and shocked that that wasn't the end of his life, I'm adding this, 
That all the stuff everybody said to him about, oh, get rich, all those religious freaks are nuts, was wrong. I'm still at it. Don't curse me, Lord. <laughs> I, no, I really need you to catch this. That annoying little person called Jamie that was, an, that was ministering to me, constantly coming to my gate. And that very person that says, I'm going to pray for you. And, you know, that chosen person. All these people that were just annoying to me were right. Why didn't I listen? I should have listened. I'm not making this up. Watch what happens. All right. Let's continue. And so it says, and being in torments, verse 23, in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, verse 24. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am uh, tormented in this flame. So notice things have changed now. He had plenty. He gave nothing. Now he's got nothing. And he just wants. Remember what Lazarus was doing? He was eating from whatever crumbs fell. Now the rich man is looking for crumbs in hell. He says just a little bit of water. Just you know, Amen. Which means. Now I don't want to take a long time here. But which means that you don't lose any of your senses. You are not a sheep with two holes cut out as eyeballs, floating around somewhere. Notice there's a finger. There's a tongue. There's a lot of things here that tell us these people are whole. One's in a blessed place. One's in a not very blessed place. One's in torment. Are you all here? Amen? All right. Regretting his decision. Verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things. In, in other words, he didn't get anything, okay? But now he is comforted and you are tormented. It's reversed. You were comforted and you refused to comfort others. Now they are being comforted and you are not. See, again, whatever you sow, you reap. Are you seeing this? Amen? Okay. Besides that, verse 26, and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot. So in other words, we can't do anything about this. Nor can those from there pass to us. Notice there was a time when you could pass from one side to the other while you're in this life. You can cross the street and you could have fed that beggar. And there would not be a gulf between you. But you put a gulf between you and him. And that gulf remained. Let's continue. And he says in verse 27, watch this now. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have, verse 28, for I have five brothers. Suddenly he's become an evangelist. That, okay, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Stop. Why didn't you listen? Let's explore this for a minute. Why didn't he listen? Because he had all of this, these goods, all of this wealth. He wanted that more than he wanted God. Guess what his brothers are doing? 
the same thing. Even if he came back from the dead, they would have said, oh, this is just a bad vision. This is one of them religious things. I ate a bad pizza. I won't order from there again. That's it. Do you know why? Because they don't want to know. They want to stay where they are because it has such a hold on them. This is the reason I'm, I'm saying all of this so you understand why they can't understand you. This is not about you, you understand. Okay? You need to understand why they don't understand you, why it is so difficult to be a Christian in this world. Why you are really going against the current? Because remember, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says the God of this world. The devil, the, 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 this is the world system, by the way. The whole system is going the other direction. The whole system is about from the time you are born, you are taught that you need to, you know, be educated and you need to get the right job and you need to make money and you need to be successful and you need to have all the right cars and the right houses, the right wife, sometimes wives, okay, <laughs> should be wife, okay, and, and, and the right everything, okay, and it needs to be all that because that's what life is about. So you can hold your head up high and walk down the street and drive the best car and everybody goes, whoa, look at that girl. Okay, all of that stuff is fleeting. All that just ends up in hell. Are you all here? And you know, this, this, is the, this, is the, this is what they don't see and what you see. You try to help them. You sort of say, listen, man, you need to go to church. Yeah, but they'll take my money. Hey, is that all you can think of? Do you know that's the reason people don't want to go to church? Do you know that is probably the main reason? That's it. Because, they, because that, remember, Jesus said you can't serve two masters. What were the two masters? One was God, one was money. You're with me. That's the equivalent on the other side. That's what this rich man was after. That was his God. And if you've got this, Jesus said you can't serve them both. It's either one or the other. You can be rich and serve God. Listen. But you, you can't serve money and go to heaven. Are you all with me? Can we serve God, have the money and go to heaven? Because we're not covetous. And we're here to do what God planned for us to do. The wealth of the sinner was meant to be laid up for you so that you have obscene amount of money to help everybody in need. Not to build a bigger barn. Can I say this? If more of that was going on, and it is going on. People are doing that, by the way. But if more of that was going on to a place where it was visible... I think we would have a different story today. People go, oh, you want to go to church? Oh, that's the place that, that teaches you stuff that, that doesn't make any sense, but it all works. <laughs> okay? Because I know people that started with nothing, had no degrees. I mean, I have six degrees. They have none. And they made it. They're now CEO of a corporation somewhere. Everybody with degrees are working for them. Hello? Are you all with me? That should be the testimony. 
must be a child of God, must be a son or daughter of God up there. Because we all know they are not that smart. It's what they said about Jesus' disciples. We know they're simple people, but they were with Jesus. Don't mess with them. <laughs> okay? You all don't know what all they'll do to you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's conclude. Yeah, let's, let's continue. And Okay, so we didn't get to the next part. Anyway. <laughs> all right, so this is going to go for two lessons. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it says, verse 29. So remember again, the rich man says, For well, I have five brothers that he may testify, that's Lazarus, lest they also come to this place of torment. Verse 29. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Do you understand why he said that? Because those people are anointed to minister the word of God. See, just because you come from the dead doesn't mean anything. I know people that have had people come from the dead, and the devil will do that too. The devil will use people from the dead and come and say, Oh, I'm so and so. Oh, don't become religious. <laughs> hey, man, Satan comes as an angel of light. <laughs> okay? You know, he isn't an angel of light. He comes as one to try and dissuade people from doing the right thing. And then people, because they had this vision, they go, oh, I can't do that because I had this vision. I had my Aunt Mabel come along. It wasn't your Aunt Mabel. Hello, you're all with me. Amen. That's why Peter says something very interesting in his epistle. He says, it is the word of God that is sure. Everything else isn't. Even if you have a vision, you, you check everything out based on this. Because this is the standard. And if it goes against this, watch out. Now, of course, we don't know everything about this. So look properly first. Okay, can I say that? Because people have sort of said no to some things that were actually God because they didn't look hard enough. But there are some things, family, they are so not of God. Amen? All right. So, uh, where am I? Verse 30. And he said, no, Father Abraham, no, Father Abraham, uh, Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent like he would have. Do you, let, let me say something. See, when they're there, everything changes. While he's up here, it doesn't. Are you all with me? Because he'll still be eating, and you know, somebody from the dead comes and goes, oh, that's really bad. I shouldn't eat that. And that would be it. See, he still doesn't get it. Verse 31, we'll conclude, conclude with this verse. He says, but he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets... People that are anointed to minister the word. People that have God all over them. Amen. People that not just minister the word, but the spirit of God confirms that word in the hearts of the people they're ministering to. Can I say all of that? All right. If they not, do not hear Moses and the prophets with all of that now in mind, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Did you get that? What does that tell us? Some people say, oh, if they just saw a supernatural act of God, they'll be saved. Sorry, I'm playing with your religion right now, but you need to get this. Jesus says, no, that doesn't do it either. Because hmm? you say, well, God, if you just do this miracle, I know they'll all believe. Don't count on it. 
Get the miracle, of course, because somebody needs a miracle. Don't stop because it's not going to save anybody. You might as well die, you know, and they're not going to save anybody. Don't do that, okay? You, you, have, you get that miracle happening. But don't be disappointed. Don't get upset if everybody just turns away and walks up and goes, well, that was just luck. You know, sometimes it just come back. People just do that stuff. The same people that say, oh, there's no hope. They're just going to die, man. Whatever you do, they're going to die. And when they live, and it's a miracle, they go, well, you know, sometimes that just happens. Same people. One minute is impossible. Next minute, things like this happen. Why couldn't you have that over here? Are you all here? That's what you are up against. And you need to understand that there is a world and a system out there that can't recognize you that looks at you and doesn't understand you. They work for themselves. You work unto the Lord. I'm going to be talking about that next time. Amen? They want satisfaction from what they do. And if you don't say thank you enough of times, they get mad. You do something, and if nobody thanks you, you're cool. Because you did it to God, and God blessed you. So you're happy. I mean, they might, you know, they just say, oh, I'm sorry. You just say, hey, I didn't do it for you. I didn't do it for that. I was led. That was what I was meant to do. I did that. That's it. Are you all here? It's a way of not being disappointed, being in, in God's will, and staying on course. Amen? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for the, all the revelation and insight that you've given us. And we thank you.